Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. This concept for Forever Me was birthed out of a retreat with our team, 2017, dreaming about what God wanted to do in this city through us, but we recognize it doesn't start with what God wants to do, it starts with who we are, we're just going to be. And we start dreaming, saying, okay, if you defined yourself, how would you describe that? What would you say? And we kind of danced around the topic a little bit, timid. People look down, I guess God loves me. And what what do you think he'd say about you? I don't don't know. What do you mean? What would he say about you? And then we challenged the team, write down those thoughts. Make an identity statement, if you will. Um, What you think you're made for. Now, in the American dream, we've kind of warped this, right? What's your purpose? Uh, People get so concerned or confused because they think their job is their worth, and it's hard to kind of reconcile those two, where what you do oftentimes feels like what you are. And if you ask somebody, you know, stay-at-home mom, a lot of times they don't say, like, stay-at-home mom. Say, oh, where do you work? Oh, I'm at home. Oh, just just stay-at-home mom, right? Well, I'll tell you this, I'm not sure you could pay me enough to be a stay-at-home dad. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm trying to think of how many zeros. I don't know. I don't know. Eight, nine figure? I really don't know because at what point would I die, right? God's gifted people. So we're always kind of ranking where somebody lands in society. Somebody tells you, oh, well, they work at Subway. I don't normally say that with confidence. I hope you'd say that with confidence, or, hey, I work for the school district, I work for GM. But if they're in the custodial department, the, 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 I've had this happen. Well, I just work for the district. Oh, cool, what do you do? Ah, uh, what? Custodial. Oh, awesome. Somebody's got to clean this place, right? We're marrying these two all the time. What we do with who we are. And I hope today and in this series over these next course of several weeks that God would not only unpack who he is to you, but what he's called you, how he talks about you, And then what he wants you to do, he's prepared in advance for you to do some things. But if we start there, it's where we get excited. I want to do it. Sign me up for that class. Let's pull it back and get right to the essence of what God wants. He wants for us, I believe, to gaze upon him and know him in a unique way today. To rip every stereotype down of what you thought, what you know, and let him just speak for himself So we're going to look at a passage in Exodus 34 here shortly that God shows up and he says, here's my identity. Not just what I'm going to do, it's how he's going to operate. In the course of, uh, we'll have Troy Evans next weekend. We'll have Chanel, Ms. Reality, in uh, a few weeks. We'll also have Oze Moore um, for July kicking off uh, family. So it's going to be a a powerful series and just kind of kind of pique your interest in that of what's happening. And then obviously the, the Father's Day push-up challenge, sports party, going to be great. I, um, I'm doing some push-ups already. I am. I got 80 in today. 80. 
I did 50 and then 30. So you better step up your game. I'm trying to win that gift card. Um, Jesus is what we've built this thing on. Now, Jesus, if you're, if you're here today and you're sick, cool. Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. If you're in this place today and you um, feel perfectly fine, I'm great, everything's good, spiritually, physically, emotionally, I'm, I'm tight. Well, I hope you would want to reach more sick people. And, and today that we would be excited for what God wants to do. The good news simply is this. We're all dead in our sin. I want, I want somebody to have this freedom to kind of be alive. And out the gate, let's just get the good news. Okay, dead in sin, that's the bad news. We'll be separated from God forever apart from a savior if somebody doesn't step in and solve this issue we have called sin. We can't make ourselves right. We'll never be good enough. We're always in this junk. It's just, we're all in the same boat. Talk about equality, <laughs> Sin is equality. No one's above anybody before God. But the good news is this, that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, that Jesus would step in in our place, who knew no sin, who would become sin, and paid in full so that you and me could have new life. And that when we say, Jesus, I'm done with my old life, I'm repenting, I'm gone. I'm coming all new in you. Does that mean we'll be perfect? No. But I'm telling you, what he purchased was permanent. He's nice like that. He's good like that. The whole question, can you lose your salvation? Another question, another day. But man, when God grabs something that's his, he doesn't lose his sheep. He knows what are his. And, and if you find yourself trying to abuse that grace, Paul said, by no means. Come on. Grace should lead to obedience because he's so good. It's God's goodness and his kindness that leads us to want to change. So maybe you met church before, but you didn't meet Jesus Hope today you meet Jesus, and that's the good news. He's a person. He's real. So real that even the, the lowest of the tier of society wanted to get real close and lean in. And he'd say some tough stuff sometimes. They'd walk away. But those that stayed found life everlasting forever, ever, 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 ever. So Jesus shows up on the scene. We love this moment because Jesus is about to do the stuff. You know what the stuff is? He's about to do the signs and wonders, y'all. He's about to give us freedom, give sight to the blind. We love that. God, I want the miracle, God. And he, and he reads this. He begins his ministry in this chapter, it says, and he, put, he shows up in the teaching at the exact time that the prophet Isaiah's scroll is going to be read, and he just opens up this thing and he reads it. And he stops at a very interesting point because in verse 19, it shows that he, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, he kind of stops there. But Isaiah, the prophecy, goes on to talk about the, the wrath of the Lord, like when the Lord comes back, he will judge sin. He's a, good, he's a good God who has to bring judgment. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't desire to. He doesn't delight in just uh, kind of pouring out judgment. He longs that we would come to know him. In 2 Peter chapter 3, we learn that this, that the Lord hasn't come back yet because he wants more kids to come home. That's great. I know you want Jesus to come back. I do too. I know it's been hard. It's been challenging, difficult. Some days you want to put your head through a wall. But just know this. He hasn't come back yet because he wants more kids to come home. Maybe today he could repurpose us and we could re-begin that new excitement again to come alive. He shows up in the teaching synagogue and he reads this. It's quoting from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. We're like, yeah, Jesus, do that stuff. Uh, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Woo, those in jail, we're getting out. 
and recovering of sight to the blind. Oh, he's going to do some healing. You feel this? To set at the liberty of those who are oppressed, all the injustice we see racially, systematically. That's what he's talking about, too. Oppression. Not just in our system here, but globally. It's, I mean, it's horrible. Horrible. Because power, power will just continue to rule and reign until they bow until the great power. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, that's what we're in. Oh man, God is good. So amazing. Well, what's fascinating about this is this is where I think a lot of us want to be. God, you're going to do the stuff. But if we kind of rewind the story and show up in Luke chapter 3, you see um, here, so most people, when they talk about Jesus, they don't talk about, oh, Jesus, he was, he was, you know, a boy one time, and he listened to his parents. So. I mean, one time he was lost and teaching and, or learning in the synagogue, and his parents couldn't find him. But it said that Jesus then followed them, and he submitted to them, obeyed them all of his days. And in fact, he's just a carpenter's son, right? So he would have been a tecton or like a laborer. He's just a general laborer. Almost, Jesus, the general laborer, this doesn't excite you, does it? But Jesus' story is not just on the doing. Jesus' story is built on the being. I love that he waited, and, and here's how God speaks of Jesus after Jesus gets baptized. He doesn't have to. He's leading by example, showing us this new life. And John the Baptist has been proclaiming he's the hype man. He's Flavor Flav with the clock. You remember Flavor Flav? I'm not sure if Flavor Flav could rap. I'm just saying, God's been preparing me for a long time. I was listening to Fear of a Black Planet on repeat at nine years old on a tape. It just, it was happening. Public Enemy. Most people don't even know that, right? That was, that was happening. Flavor Flav was like for real to me. Chuck D, it was everything. We were just, we had this little Nerf hoop. We just run that on repeat, repeat, repeat. 911 is a joke, so get up, get, get, get down. Well, here's the hype man, okay? The hype man, John the Baptist, is saying, Jesus is the greatest, and here he comes. He gets baptized. And then in Luke 3, it says this. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open. Okay, imagine this scene. Thanos comes, Jesus comes. When the heavens open, it's gonna be big time. Really big time. Really, really big time. So here the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, holy purity. And a voice came from heaven would think, what, what's God going to say? God's going to say, man, he's going to do the stuff, right? He's the one. He says, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Before any of this stuff started, God spoke over his son, who he was, the being, the essence. Can I get weird for a second? No, for real. I know you laugh, but can I? It's kind of weird. Thank you, Ryan. I got one yes, that's all I need. <laughs> two to three, you know, two in agreement, whatever. Uh, yeah, check it. So I never fully associated this verse with the Son of God, Jesus. Um, but it's for sure about Jesus, okay? But for years in prayer, ever since God first wrecked my life in 02, Easter Sunday, showed up at church, um, battling addiction, so many different things. And um, every time I'd pray, God would say, you're my son, I'm well pleased in you. He'd just say, I love you. 
I'm like, come on. You're my son, and I'm well pleased. And now you could maybe say, well, I heard that somewhere in my life, and maybe it's stuck. And but I'm telling you, 16 years almost you know, into this thing, 16, God still says the same thing to me. And I think it's because I have a tendency, just like all of us, to, to westernize everything, Americanize everything. Well, here's what I do. That's what defines me. When I achieve, that defines me. If we are more successful on the outside, that's I'm better. But God always speaks to whose property I am. I'm his. And he reminds me. There's nothing that can stop that. And so I'm not, definitely not Jesus. I've never felt good enough, like, never think I'm good enough, um, always trying to do something more. But, but when I'm in Christ, it doesn't surprise me that God would talk about me how he talks about Christ because it's Christ that's covering me. And literally, I'm living like in him. And so he's bragging on his son, Jesus, and I just get to share in that reward, that inheritance that is for Jesus alone that I'm in with him. And as timid as I am sometimes with receiving that, I see the same thing when I sit down with people. Hey, tell, you know, what's God doing in your life? Or what does he say about you? Oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Well, you're a daughter. You're, you're, you're a son. God loves you. Oh, yeah, but, but I got to read my, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, now we're starting to get it twisted. So if I go to the soccer game, and I've, I do this sometimes, the basketball game, and I want my kids to hit the shot, man, shoot it, kick it. Oh, my, please, right? I'm flipping out. But God would just be there saying, hey, that's my boy. That's my boy. That one's mine. She's mine. Yeah, but what's next? When are they going to get the goal? Eh. Listen, you must have missed how powerful that statement was. That's my boy. That one's mine. The maker of the universe. To be a son and a daughter of Jesus, there's just nothing greater. To let God the Father speak over you. What do you think about God? What do I think about God? A.W. Tozer has a phenomenal statement. It says, when it comes, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. We can't miss this. So it's easy to kind of, okay, Jesus does the stuff. Well, okay, let's rewind there. Here's how God talks about Jesus. Well, does God the Father reveal himself? How does he talk about himself? So we, let's rewind it even more to even get to forever free to be forever me of how God made you to be, to be confident, to walk in that power and that authority that comes in Jesus alone, not arrogance. Andy Minio, some say I'm cocky. I just know that God got me. That type of swagger saved with amazing grace. That type of whole new position that God has for you. Before you even get there, let's go back to the source, the original God, the creator. He reveals himself through scripture, but he has this moment in Exodus 34 that's quoted several times throughout the text. A monumental moment where God tells Moses who he is. And in Exodus 34, it says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord. This is Jehovah, Jehovah. A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty? Now, this starts to matter how you, how you read this, because 
a lot of times we read this backwards. We're like, okay, yeah, I know he's, he's going to get the guilty. He's visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And we either say, yeah, I like that God. Or sometimes we say, I want nothing to do with that God. And this is where I empathize with skeptics. Because skeptics, um, they, they see that and they say, what in the world is this? What kind of God is this? That punishes not only the, the father, but the children's children. And this kind of goes on. I think the message shows us more of what this is really saying. And it says, God passed in front of him and called out God, God, a God of mercy and grace, endlessly patient, so much love, so deeply true, loyal in love for a thousand generations. A thousand generations? What kind of God is this? Right, Stevie? That's that's his poem. What kind of God is this? Thousands of generations, loyal in love, forgiven iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Still, he doesn't ignore sin. I'm, I'm grateful for that. If you found yourself, um, sometimes we think when we get caught that uh, God's punishing you. No, it's God's grace. He loves you. He's not going to let bad things. He doesn't want you to stay in that. He wants to free you. And so Satan starts to condemn you. You feel, oh, I'm never going to be good enough. But God convicts you and he challenges you. And, and it, those two get warped really quick. And that's why Satan gets a lot more obedience than he should. Because we, we ignore that feeling and we start to callous it, hide it. And so we want to continue in these patterns of, of wickedness and these habits that lead to death, right? And we don't even know how to get out of it. But because we've hidden that feeling so far of what it, feels to be convicted. Conscious is a good thing. So if you feel uncomfortable in some relationships you might be in, this, this might be a new day. Feel uncomfortable in some settings, whew, maybe we're not going to go there anymore. And it says, he holds sons and grandsons responsible for a father's sin to the third and even fourth generation. Now, some commentary, they write this, that um, the prophet Joel and Jonah, so two other oracles of God, if you will, they're speaking on behalf of God. They quote the same identity of who God is right here. God reveals himself. So when he reveals himself, he's not saying, okay, well, here's just what we're going to do. We're going to take over the world. You knew that. In fact, we're going to do a new one. It's called all things new. You know, we're going to give you a bunch of treasures and stuff. In fact, in this moment with Moses, he's just declaring that's, it's just the nature, the nature of who he is. Too often we settle for what just God can do instead of having the full freedom of who he is. That's the greatest gift, not the gifts. The gifts just come, the, the givers, the essence of it. It's the presence of God. That's what matters. In the, in the theologians, here's what they write. They say that this is almost like a pattern of a snowball effect um, because the, the children did not repent. And so here they are continuing in their parents' way, you know, that generational pattern. Have you ever seen it? You know, you just like your daddy, and the same thing happens. Just like your mommy, same thing happens over and over and over again. Some of us, we thought we, we would never be like that, and we find ourselves are. That's <laughs> so when we do school assemblies, it's the number one thing we tell kids. We say, what's your dreams? They all say, I got big dreams. They do their thing, right? And we say, how many people want to be like their parents and their cousins? And maybe you get a couple of them. Be like, well, unless you get serious, that's what's going to happen. Because they said the same thing, Right? Because that's, the, that's that pattern. Well, Joel and Jonah, they say this, that if you repent and turn, God's forgiving. Remember, he's, compa- he's loyal in love for 
thousands of generations. It's how he operates. It's how he thinks. So this is the big sauce. I mean, this is the secret stuff right here. This is hot ones to the next level. John Mark Comer has a book called God Has a Name. And just to say that, okay, book, I know that it can be intimidating sometimes. Somebody might not read here. Um, I could say audiobook, and you think, well, I don't even know how to listen. Um, well, cool thing is I did listen to it just to hopefully unpack it a little bit uh, so it wouldn't be intimidating but inviting because we're all in the same boat. We're trying to learn who God is more. And God has a name. It, it just brilliantly, in my opinion, talks about the beauty of Exodus 34 into the story of Jesus today. And Jesus is the fullness and the the, the fulfillment of this gracious God, this merciful God that's slow to anger. So people get, uh, and, and maybe this, even this last, I'll, just, I'll speak first person. Maybe you're here today, you're here and you say, I, I hate this ending part. God's, he's, he's gonna judge. Well, know this. John Mark Comer says in his book, the judging part is the exception. The majority is the grace Someone says, well, I see Sodom and Gomorrah. I see what God did during the flood. What kind of God is this? Wait, it's the God that was patient, that his people spit and mocked in his face for years. Aren't you grateful that God's been patient in your life? But it's okay every once in a while if he tells you what time it is, isn't it? And it's justifiable if you know you're guilty. And so he is holy and perfect, and he's slow to anger. What kind of father's like that? God. What we think about God will impact everything. The word um, identity. Hey Siri, what's the definition of identity? The fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Do you want to hear the next one? No. <laughs> the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Being. Just being. What's our identity? It can't be in what we do. We gotta just be us. And if we don't figure this out, this is why it gets so exhausting you see so many midlife crises. <laughs> because midlife crisis is a great opportunity because now there's more money, money can equal more risk, so I'm gonna take risk because I've been living someone else's lie a really long time, okay? You were born an original, do not die a copy. So just be you. What is you? You gotta find that out. Where do you find that out from? The maker? The creator? Well, how do you find that out the best? Look at his nature and who he is. I hope that we would be described as uh, compassionate, merciful, gracious, abounding in steadfast love. Not just, hey, here's what we do. That church loves, you know, the city and the handout thing. Okay, cool. But man, they're full of love would be a greater statement. Been dreaming this week. Um, if Jesus came back, I, I want him to come back for Lansing first because not only this church, but all the churches in the area are loving like him in a way that is reckless and radical. Receiving love, walking in that confidence, like I'm in, but then walking it out in power. When you think of identity, a lot of times it comes with titles. What's your position, right? A title or a trophy. Here's what I want. You guys saw the J.R. Smith moment? I'm sure. Even if you're not a sports fan, you might have saw it, right? And it's so easy to say, well, he's a failure because he got the rebound, right? And then he, he should have went right up for it, but he thought he was up. And what is he thinking? And in fact, I had this moment, okay? I'll confess. I almost passed out. I got lightheaded watching it. I was genuinely lightheaded 
I couldn't, I was perplexed. I don't even know language for it. It's like Labron's got like 7,000 points. I got nicknames for LeBron. He's got like 7,000 points. And, and, and JR gets the rebound and thinks they're up and takes it out. And then they end up going to overtime. And all over online, he's getting crushed. And I, I, at first, I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, what is happening? And I'm saying a couple things I shouldn't. And then, um, no swear words, but I'm catching my breath. And Crystal, being the holy woman of God, you know, angelic figure that she is, says, how do you think JR feels? I was like, okay. We prayed for JR. Uh, we did. And uh, if you think about it, but in church, though, isn't that what we do? Man, you see it? They missed the rebound. Those idiots were dribbling back. Oh, man. Because we, we think somehow that they're a failure because they've been failing for a moment. But if they're putting their trust in Jesus, man, that's a king's kid. They're just lost. We can't wait to get them back home, you know? And uh, imagine how they feel. Imagine how the lost sheep felt being gone. The shepherd goes and finds them. And, um, and, you, and you stop and you think and you, you just think about God's heartbeat. Um, and he doesn't just celebrate if we're doing something great. He's just celebrating because you're his. Because you're his. So don't matter about the title. Don't matter about the trophy. And I think the tone's so important. So how you read something, if you think God's angry or he's like your dad that was distant, or um, it's always going to be diff- difficult to understand unless you just let God speak for himself. And you're going to have to read a lot of scripture to get there. You can't just read one passage. You're going to have to kind of get the whole story of what's taking place here. And you see it's a radical rescue mission that God sent through Jesus. It's that height. So neat. We had this, uh, I was in the sauna this week, and there was this unique dude in there. And um, it's a small sauna. It's probably, gosh, I don't know, eight by four. Um, and so I had to kind of walk uh, in front of him. And then I said, hey, will you flip the, the hourglass, the sand thing? And he flips it. Um, it's early in the morning, like six or something. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, if not, it's, it serves the story really well. And I walk past him. And I sit down. And he says something. I can't remember. I can't how, matter how he got there, but somehow he asked me my age. I was like, I'm 37, be 38. He's like, wow, you look good for that. I was like, well, oh, thanks, man. So what are you, you know? I was, maybe he was fixing for a comp- compliment. I said, oh, you must be 41. He was obviously in his 50s or whatever. It's 41. And he pauses for uncomfortably long. And he's just staring. And I'm, I'm so this is two, it's like you got one bench and then another bench. So I'm behind, and I'm kind of, and he looks back, and he finally like, gets the joke. So I'm not sure if he's all there at first. He's like, oh, yeah, 56. You know, I was like, whoa, okay. You know? um, so I just kind of go on myself, thinking meditation. I'm praying. Definitely don't want to talk. But I had this unique spiritual anointing where even if I don't want to talk, somehow we're going to talk. And uh, so he starts opening up about what's, what's going on in his, in his game plan here. And he says, he says, uh, he says I'll be right back. Okay. He walks right back in. He don't have a shirt on this time. Well, he was getting ready to just got done cycling, so he had all this stuff on. He doesn't have a shirt on this time. He's standing up. He's just looking right at me. He goes, he goes how's it look? I was like, what? Are we serious, Jesus? I mean, for real, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm starting to get that feeling. Is it, okay, is this creep mode? Because, dude, like, don't, you got the wrong dude, bro. You know what I mean? I'm trying to flash the ring and stuff. I said, that's cool if that's you, but that ain't me, player. But, he, you know, that's how I'm feeling. So I'm about to... So I kind of switched my thing. I got that street look at me. I was like, I've been here, bro. And I was just, you, you can't, 
one, I'm not afraid. And then two, I'm not going to let you know what I'm thinking. So that's how I was And so I'm standing there and I just, I was like, uh, no, I'm sitting. And I said, I said, oh, we're at eye level because I'm sitting on the second level, remember? And, uh, and he, he continues. He says, not bad for 56. I got definition, right? I say, yeah, man, sure, dude. Like, you're doing it. And uh, he goes, no, for real, for real. Like, it's pretty good, huh? I was so, I mean, if he hears this, I'm, I love you, dude. But um, um, I'm not sure. But it was so uncomfortable. He, he got the compliment he wanted, and he turned around, and he walked out. I was just like, wow. I couldn't help but think this week, too. I think so many times we think it's just our abs that make us good. Even at 56, we don't have to, you know, face ourselves. No. Do you know confidence is the most attractive thing in God? When you have confidence in God, it's the most attractive thing, period. Now, abs can be cool, um, but they weren't even like, they weren't like, you know, they weren't serious abs. <laughs> because insecurity can really uh, take us over. It's uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. It's lack of confidence. So I am what? What would you say in that sentence? If we kind of rip that word apart, there's two words in it. There's insecurity, right? Well, if we go security in, that's where it gets exciting. Well, the word security means a state of being free from danger or threat. Envision that for a minute. There's no danger or threat or unique moment that'll happen in the sauna ever when your security is in God. Now, this is how Moses is, he wants God to be with them because he recognizes the only thing that will make me great is the presence of God. That's it. That's it. False confidence is built on us. True confidence is built on and in God. In Exodus 34, it continues. And here's the response. And he said, if now I had found favor in your sight, this is Moses, oh Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us for it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. And he said, behold, I am, this is God, I'm making a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels. Remember, he was ex- describing who he was. Now it's like, okay, we're gonna go do Marvels, such as have not been seen created in all the earth or in any nation, and the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. So, when you're doing something great and doing something awesome, you know who's doing it through you? God. That's when you'll be most fulfilled. But we can't work the equation um, the wrong way. We cannot start with what we do, the stuff. We start with who God is, and now we got a recipe for to be forever free, to be forever me. That's where the excitement happens. The God that's gracious, merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. As we rewind, here's how this all started. You know, Moses had this team. They've been letting them down. God delivered them from slavery. And one of his teammates... When Moses is gone for a minute, builds a calf, builds a trophy, a golden calf. He's like, I've been gone for a little while, and you guys are now, he's like, well, we're listening to the, the, what the people want. The people want stuff, man. They want things. All right, so slow down, because this Yahweh thing has been taking us way further. We were in slavery, bro. And here's how Moses, why he says this in Exodus 33. 
And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is God speaking. And then he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, this is our prayer today. Do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight and I your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? What makes us distinct? It's who God is, his presence, the identity of Jesus Christ, period. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, the great I am. God's just worth it all. He's the hype. It's all, all his. We're going to close with a, um, a dance. And we're all going to dance. No, I'm kidding. I do think that would be very profitable. But one of the things that I think at some point we're going to do in the next couple years is um, we're going to break off at groups just randomly on a Sunday. I don't even know how we're going to do it. We're going to use the grass or something. We're going to do something nuts. It's going to be great. Um, and it's going to happen sometime, hopefully, in the next couple years. Uh, so unless you want to skip church for the next couple years, it's going to happen at some point. So don't be scared. It'll be fun. But I, I talk about that because it makes us uncomfortable a little bit. Oh, I have to talk to people. Well, why wouldn't you be confident? And you remember who, who, who has you, right? Well, if I asked you to come up here and dance, I think a lot of us say, oh, that's not my thing. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. Okay, it's for sure not my thing. But I, I wonder if the reason we wouldn't dance is because we're not good at dancing or we're so afraid of what people would think. Yeah. So what is it? Is that really we don't dance? Or because David, he danced before the Lord and he didn't even care. Just like, you know, I don't really got it like that. But he just, you know, dancing. Yeah. Dancing in front of the Lord. I mean, just doesn't matter. Call it cotton candy on the kid's face. If they're at the fair, they got cotton candy on their face. You think they care? <laughs> They, do they care? No, no, no. That's where the mom's doing this thing. Stop, I don't care. You know, like kids like, yes. How do we receive the kingdom of God? Like a child. I wonder if there's some childlike faith. As Nikita comes to the stage, where's she at? Nikita, give it up for Nikita. She's a traveling musicianary who's engaged to Torian. They're getting married on November 10th. Yeah, yeah. We served on um, a staff together for three months in Tampa, Florida, crossover church with Pastor Tommy Colonin, Urban D. That was incredible. And who would have thought? I remember thinking, whoa, she's amazing. Rob and I and our, and, and our wives were like, we'd be so cool if she came to Lansing sometime. Now you're getting married to Torian. Woo, good job, Torian. Yes, you know, trying to add to the dream team. Speaking of which, right after this service, we have Get Connected. You can join the dream team. Don't you think they should join the dream team? Okay, there's food. I mean, uh, serve one, attend one, either first and third Sunday or the second and fourth Sunday. Get in the game, y'all. And uh, that's what we do. So you're going to be dancing, though, and here's, here's, what, here's how I think this is going to unlock something in us. As she dances, envision, our, envision ourselves dancing before the Lord to be that bold, to know that you're that beautiful. I know what the world says but I know how God says. He talks like this. That's my son. That's my daughter in whom I'm well pleased, period. That's that beautiful. Thank you. It's okay. You were about to stand. Were you about to stand? It's okay. You can stand. Come on. You can stand. I don't care if anybody else ain't standing. She wanted to stand. I like that. Yeah, come on. Why don't you all stand? Come on. Let's just stand for Jesus today.
God, thank you. Will you play something cool behind me? Um, gosh, that moves me to tears. I did this the first service. Because I know what the word represent means. It means to take place of. This world needs Jesus so bad. People in this place need Jesus so bad that sometimes we get in the way of how great our God is. You know, God um, didn't let Moses go to the promised land because there was a moment when he asked him to represent him by uh, responding to the people's request of giving them water because they were complaining, people. We all complain way too much. But God's been way too good. And so he's frustrated, rightfully so, as a leader. You get frustrated. You kidding me? We got to deal with this again? It's like, we got the rebound and we thought we were up? What? Like, that happens. It happens all the time. You get phone calls, this is going on, this is going on. And, uh, and he hits the rock, you know, kind of like, he does, he, does, he does the miracle, but he does it in a way that it doesn't represent the goodness of God. And God was displeased on how he represented that moment. And then Moses, in humility, he has a successor. He sends another leader, and the, and the story lives on. And then Moses is there at the transfiguration with Jesus, which is crazy cool. Okay. If you don't know these words, you need to start Googling this kind of stuff. Devour it. Because God is with you personally, right? This is a platform to inspire you in your own personal lives and journeys. That you'll dance before the Lord. That you won't let somebody box you in. All those lyrics. We birthed this church with a, a passion to love the city one life at a time. To give an expression that we felt that God was wanting to do through city life. There's so many great churches, right? We just felt there was a, 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 a part we played in this big story that we could express the way God's made us and stay true to his word and preach the good news one life at a time. And that will only happen if we gaze upon God always. That we'll be most forever free when we're forever me in God, period. And maybe there's been times you've been angry this past week. I know I have. You've been frustrated. Maybe you're even mad at, at God. Um, you don't understand him always. I pray that there'd be a rewiring, almost like a, a new shaping going on today. Uh, would you say that's you? You, 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 I, you need prayer today for, for some of those things, Re, reshaping, rewiring of God? Yeah, it's good. It's, 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 I, got, man, I, I don't want to be... I want to be slower to anger. I'll tell you that right now. Um, my hand's up. You can only take kids crying for so long before you're like, what in the world? So, so all the parents said, yes. Um, God, you see these hands raised. You know them by name. You know how many hairs are on their head. You care about them that uniquely. God, you want to make them confident. And I pray in these course of these next several weeks during this series, you will unlock something legendary in them that will be so powerful, but it will start with a flood right now. Freedom reigns in this place because Jesus reigns in this place. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He doesn't have condition plans. It's not, there's no contingencies. What's the catch? He's that good that you want to give him everything. 
want to follow him. God, we pray for people that need healing, people that are sick physically, emotionally, or spiritually. God, we ask for your divine hand upon people's lives that are navigating some very tough choices and decisions. I pray that the naysayers would be quiet, that there would be an audience of one to please God alone for all of us. When the journey gets hard, we keep looking to you and we rest and we cast our cares upon you right now, Jesus. Thank you. Take it all. Take our sin. Take our nonsense. I know we've made a bunch of mistakes, but today's a new day. He's great. I feel like the Lord was, I feel like he's doing this. He's uh, letting people know it's going to be fun again. To have some fun in the simple again, the slowness, the, to be excited again, right? To have that cotton candy on our faces. Who cares? If you're feeling adventurous and froggy and you need to jump, get on the dream team, hear the vision, stay right after service. It's going to be right in here. We're going to have food on that table. It's going to be amazing. And if you can't stay, I understand um, your tires are deflated already. No, I'm kidding. But we love you, and we want to see you every single week. In fact, we need 50 of you to start going to the 10 a.m. service so we can clear more space for strangers in this service, huh? Then they, they don't feel strangers, then they feel this. You belong here, right? So all races, all faces, all ages, all cultures, remember this. The sound of heaven is always saying, you belong here. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.